There's an old saying that says, good news does not sell newspapers. Well, if that were the case, today would be a good time to buy stock in newspapers, right? Because there's so much bad news in the world today. But the truth of the matter is, this is not a good time to buy stock in newspapers because nobody's buying newspapers anymore. Why is that? Because, well, we've moved into another age. We've moved into the digital age, just like this is not a good time to buy stock in retailers, right? Because they're all going out of business as well. Because we're all into this new age today. Um, so perhaps the cliche needs to be updated a bit. Of course, um, the ratings um, in uh, cable news are soaring because uh, they know how to get the ratings up by stirring up a lot of controversy. And there's a lot of controversy in the news every day. And they're masters at creating it uh, to hook us and to pull us all in. Very, very good at it. Here in our own church, we've had our own a saga of lots of bad news of late. It seems to have no bottom, sadly, with the sexual abuse crisis that emerged this past summer. I know it's caused a lot of consternation here in our own parish, Seton Parish. I, along with our staff, we've tried to face this um, head-on and to provide opportunities for and resources to help us all move through this most difficult time. As people of faith, we know that truth, truth alone, helps to set us free. Whether it is the news in the world or what is happening in the church, I wish to say that very boldly that any given hour on any given day, the news in the church is always more good than bad. That's because the good news in the church is the good news of Jesus Christ. That is something that we know as a people of faith. In the gospel today, Jesus returns to his hometown of Nazareth, and he proclaims, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has sent me to proclaim good news to the poor. And that is something we certainly know that Jesus did all through his ministry, reaching out to those who were on the margin, bringing them back in, healing them. And we know that Jesus has passed this mission on to his church as well. And we are a part of his church. And so we have this mission too. Jesus said in the second reading today, you are the body of Christ. So we're called to do the same thing, to bring good news to the poor. Sometimes I think we forget that every day millions are served by the church just this way. And they are helped through the sacraments and through all of our social services. Just here at Seton Parish, every day we have our Eucharistic ministers going out and taking communion to the sick, those who cannot be with us here on Sunday morning to be connected to the body of Christ. Throughout the week, I take communion as well to the sick, bring them the sacrament of the sick. Also, Deacon Hector does the same thing. Um, I think we all know that um, 
we had tremendous outreach this past Christmas on taking our food down to Portsmouth. Record amount this year, 20 pallets of food. 1,500 pairs of shoes uh, to those who don't have shoes in the, in the Cranks Creek outreach. Maybe it didn't make a lot of sense when we were buying winter coats in the middle of October uh, for youth. But now think about this week and how cold it's going to be and those children are going to be warm because of the coats that you bought. And this is just the tip of the iceberg. When you think about all the effects of the good that Catholic Relief Service is doing throughout the world. I know many of you, too, have adopted children through what's the program called Unbound that we're connected with here. So this is happening everywhere where the church is ministering. This is our mission. This is our purpose. This is who we are called to be. As Jesus says today, he has sent me to bring good news to the poor. And then the last line of the gospel is, this is being fulfilled as it is being spoken to you. So these words are being fulfilled in our hearing here today as well. In the readings today, there's a great deal of attention to the word of God. In the first reading that we heard from the prophet Nehemiah, the word had been lost, it had been forgotten. And that word was being proclaimed in the midst of the assembly. It said all the people listened attentively. And it said that when they heard the word, they were so moved by it that they were weeping. And Ezra said, don't be saddened. He says, rejoice. The Lord must be your strength. So this word has great potential to really to move us powerfully in our lives. And so we too are called to be so attentive to this word in our lives and to let it have that same potential to move us as it did those people when they heard it in that first reading today. So how do we? How do we let that word move us? And how do we nourish our, our minds and our hearts? What do we what do we give our attention to? How do we, what, what media do we listen to? You know, how, what do we listen to in terms of our music? Um, the movies that we watch, the pundits that we give attention to, how do we nourish our minds and our souls? Today we hear that what feeds our minds and hearts most is the word of God. And um, Jesus, too, is reading to his people um, that word and said the people they were wrapped in attention as they listened to Jesus. Sometimes we forget how, how precious that word of God is and the power that that word has. In 1964, the Romanian government released all these political prisoners that they had. One of them, a Richard Wombard, had spent three of 14 years in solitary confinement, and he wrote a book upon his release, and he talked about a prisoner that came into their midst who was in a body cast, and when he was brought into their midst, he, he had a portion of a book that was hidden within him and it's under his cast. And he pulled it out when he came into his fellow prisoners, and, and this part of this book happened to be the Gospel of St. John. These prisoners devoured this book, and they, they read it, and they shared it with one another and sustained them during their confinement. This reminds us of how important the Word of God is. Origin, 
third century father of the church says, you receive the body of Christ with special care and reverence, lest the smallest crumb of the consecrated gift fall to the floor. You should receive the word of God with equal care and reverence, lest the smallest word of it fall to the floor and be lost. St. Gregory wrote, The Bible is a love letter sent by God to his people in which we can perceive the heart of God. St. Jerome wrote, Ignorance of scriptures is ignorance of Christ. We we have lots of problems. We're not going to find all the answers to the problems, but listening to the scriptures can certainly guide us. Pope Francis, in his letter, The Joy of the Gospel, writes, Reading the scriptures makes it clear that the gospel is about the kingdom of God. He goes on to say that both the preaching of the gospel and our lives are meant to have an impact upon our society. So what we do here is meant to create this impact. As Jesus says today, to proclaim good news to the poor. And we know that when we do this, their lives will be different. They will know that they are loved, respected, and always welcomed. Today, Jesus goes back home to his neighbors, his friends, his family, by telling them what his purpose is, what his vocation is. And the people are taken back by it. It's a breathtaking challenge that we will hear about next week when we gather here once again. As we take time to absorb what that challenge is today in our lives, it will be no different for us as well.